Holy Father in heaven, blessed be thy holy name, O Lord, for your goodness and mercy and your loving kindness which you have graciously displayed upon our souls. Lord, we want to fellowship with you. Your word has promised that blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, that they shall be filled. Fill us now, dear Lord. Give us water that will lead to everlasting life, as your word promised. Give us the bread of life even now. And Lord, I pray, grant to us the gift of your spirit, that we will understand your words, and it shall settle well with us, that we shall be transformed and raised up higher to a higher standard. Put your words in my mouth, that as I speak, it shall be words from the word of God to give life, edification, blessings, and help us, Lord, to be built up, inspire in us faith, that we may become more and more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, May 12. God's Property I have lent him to the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 28 From Shiloh, Hannah quietly returned to her home at Ramah, leaving the child Samuel to be trained for service in the house of God, under the instruction of the high priest. From the earliest dawn of intellect, she had taught her son to love and reverence God and to regard himself as the Lord's. By every familiar object surrounding him, she had sought to lead his thought up to the Creator. When separated from her child, the faithful mother's solicitude did not cease. Every day, he was the subject of her prayers. Every year, she made with her own hands a robe of service for him, and as she went up with her husband to worship at Shiloh, she gave the child this reminder of her love. Every fiber of the little garment had been woven with a prayer that he might be pure, noble, and true. She did not ask for her son worldly greatness but she earnestly pleaded that he might attain that greatness which heaven values, that he might honor God and bless his fellow men. What a reward was Hannah's, and what an encouragement to faithfulness is her example. There are opportunities of inestimable worth, interests infinitely precious, committed to every mother. The humble round of duties which women have come to regard as wearisome, as a wearisome task should be looked upon as a grand and noble work. It is the mother's privilege to bless the world by her influence, and in doing this, she will bring joy to her own heart. She may make straight paths for the feet of her children, through sunshine and shadow, to the glorious heights above. But it is only when she seeks in her own life to follow the teachings of Christ, that the mother can hope to form the character of her children after the divine pattern. The world teems with corrupting influences. Fashion and custom exert a strong power over the young. 
If the mother fails in her duty to instruct, guide and restrain, her children will naturally accept the evil and turn from the good. Let every mother go often to her Savior with the prayer. Teach us how shall we order the child, and what shall we do unto him. Let her heed the instruction which God has given in his word, and wisdom will be given her as she shall have need. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is God's Property, and I cannot help but understand the story which we just left off in that of Samson and that of Samuel looking at two women who had no children. That was the mother of Samson and also the mother of Samuel. These two women had no children and the Lord came to bless them with children that will be a blessing to the world. And when we look at the way the Lord works, sometimes he just works with faithful women like there was Elizabeth, the wife of Zacharias. There was also Hannah, there was also Samson's mother, all of them at the time didn't have children. And even Rebecca and Sarah, the same thing. And the Lord blessed them and they became faithful in training the children for God because they now looked at the child as God's property. Reading from 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 21 concerning Hannah's decision. It says, And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide for ever. And Elkanah her husband said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good, tarry until thou hast weaned him, only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode, and gave her son suck until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine, and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young, and they slew a bullock, and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord had given me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. Amen. We are also told in the book of Second uh, Samuel, First uh, Samuel chapter 2, that later on she would always come yearly to give Samuel clothes that she weaved for him. Hannah saw her son Samuel as someone who was God's property. Is it only Hannah who should look at her child in this manner? Certainly not. Every child that is given to any parent is God's property and it is a solemn sacred responsibility given to us and we are not to treat it lightly at all. The craze today for many people who want to have children and there are many who don't even want to have one. We need to really look into it and ask ourselves, what is the reason why you want to have children? Do you see the child as God's property? So I decided to look and ask questions. What is the purpose for having children? And you hear all kinds of reasons. I saw some reasons like this. Some people say, I just want to create a family. Another say, 
they want to carry on their family name and values. And others just say, I love babies and little children, so that's it. Others just say, I want to leave a legacy, that is, I want to leave a piece of myself behind, so that when I die, there will be someone that is just like me, continuing my legacy. And for others, they will say, uh, because I want to be able to, I want something, an object that I would display or give my love to, and maybe also receive love from that object. And to others, they just say, ah, it is wickedness not to give birth to children in the sense of you are not bringing them into existence. So I want to give my ch- my children, my unborn children, a chance to exist. Well, they don't even exist already, so I wonder how that's a good reason. And others will say, I just want meaning in my life. I feel like there's no meaning to life when there's no child. And others just want to feel like I'm creating life. Others feel like they want to fix the mistakes that their parents made in bringing them up. So I want to bring up a child and correct what my parents did wrong. For others, it's just social pressure and expectation. So parents, disturbing mothers who say, oh, oh, where you, you, don't, you need to have a child. God forbid, if you say you won't have a child, you must have one. And for others, they feel like we just have to have children. And then there are others who feel very important. The child is just something to connect the husband and the wife so that they will not divorce. So they want to use the child to fix a broken marriage or to preserve the marriage so that nobody will run away from the other when they are tired of each other. The child will keep them together. And for others, they feel like, oh, I just want all the joy in the world. And then they call the children the bundle of joy. So they feel like the child brings joy into the life. And they want joy so they give birth to more children. And for others, they just want to continue a family business. There are people who give birth to children so that they can have more workers in their farm. So if they have farms, more children, especially male children, but more children generally means productivity. My productivity is increasing. I'll take them to farm with me. I'll take them to my business and they work for me and then business will continue as usual. For others, just want to create memories that last. And then there is another case where some people, they feel they are told that they must give birth to children to prevent certain illnesses. Sometimes it doesn't actually work that way. So these are some reasons I found that people have children. But what is lacking here? is a real reason for having children and i tell you i just made a research and this was what i found but these reasons are they actually the reason why god gave us children some of them the reasons i just gave now are actually actually shallow reasons while others may sound quite good but then there is a higher responsibility that i want us to bring to our minds it is not just hannah who should have children and say it is god's property Every child is God's property. Reading from the book of Psalms, chapter 127, verse 3 to 5, it says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Amen. So, who actually owns the child? Children are an heritage of the Lord, not heritage of the parents. Once we get this into perspective, then we will understand this is God's property. And then we now have to ask that question, how shall we do? What shall we do to this child? The child is not to be made after our own image. But the child is to be made after the image of the owner, which is God. 
And therefore, we now have to ask the question, teach us how we shall order the child or what shall we do unto him? That is the question that we should be asking. Reading from Child Guidance, page 13, paragraph 1, we are told, It is the privilege of parents to take their children with them to the gates of the city of God, saying, I have tried to instruct my children to love the Lord, to do His will, and to glorify Him. To such, the gates will be thrown open, and parents and children will enter in. But all cannot enter. Some are left outside with their children whose characters have not been transformed by submission to the will of God. A hand is raised and the words are spoken. You have neglected home duties. You have failed to do the work that would have fitted the soul for a home in heaven. You cannot enter. The gates are closed to the children because they have not learned to do the will of God and to parents because they have neglected the responsibilities resting upon them. Amen. End of quote. Solemn, solemn words, parents, and would-be parents. It is a heavy responsibility you bring upon yourself when you say you want to have children and you should be careful before assuming such a responsibility and ask yourself, can I really do it? Because... There are some people who would have made it to the kingdom of God if they didn't have children. But because they brought children into the world, they are going to, because they did not do the responsibility to that child, they will not make it to the kingdom of God. I would preempt to say that in our subsequent devotions, next tomorrow, tomorrow, we will see that. Eli would have made it to the kingdom of God if he had no child. He didn't have the quality to bring up children, but the Lord directly told him, this is no joke here. The Lord told him, you, your sin will not be blotted out and your children. Allies are many today, but that's not part of our devotion for today. But just to make you see that what I'm saying is true, what we read is true. There are parents who will not make it to the kingdom of God because they did not bring up their children in the way of the Lord solemn words here brothers and sisters think about that little child in your hands and ask yourself what am i doing that am i treating a child like a toy to be made after my own image to be a gratification for my own joy like some people said all those reasons i read earlier for why people bring up children they didn't put this into perspective oh i want to create a family i want to continue a family name i want to continue my business i just want to see someone that looks like me to continue my legacy to leave myself behind or to give and receive unconditional love or to give my children a chance to enjoy the joy of existence and all that kind of reasons those things they pale into insignificance when we consider that that child can either make or mar you and it's a responsibility for you to bring up that child in the way of the Lord. Reading again from Adventist home. The thing is, when we ask ourselves now, then for what purpose should I have children? This is, we've just understood now, the real reason, the real owner of the child. Then for what purpose should we have children? Is there any benefit in having children? Yes, there is. Reading from Adventist home, page 161, paragraph 1 and downward, we are told, children are committed to their parents as a precious trust which god will one day require at their hands we should give to their training more time more care and more prayer they need more of the right kind of instruction remember that your sons and daughters are younger members of god's family he has committed them to your care to train and educate for heaven you must render an account to him for the manner in which you discharge your sacred trust end of quote 
So here again is being laid upon us the real mindset you should have when having children. It is a sacred trust, a heritage of the Lord that if you do not come take, take care of them, they are your brothers and sisters in Christ. You have to start seeing them from that perspective and you ought to do to them what the Lord wants you to do for them. Train and educate them for heaven. We read now, he has committed them to your care. They are not your own. It is God's property. God has only committed the child to your care. To train and educate for heaven. Not to train and educate for worldly greatness. Not to train and educate for my personal greatness. But to train and educate for heaven. That is God's purpose. Now, the next question we ask ourselves is, then of what benefit is a child to a family? Do they bring any joy? Do they really... How can I... Because we have purpose in life, remember. You must not forget. We have one purpose for which we are still living. Probation. We are not supposed to be living. Probation has been given to us. God has extended our lives for one reason. We lost the image of God and that image is to be restored. The only way we can restore this image is by following the will of God. And that is the purpose for which we were made in the first place. God made man. He said, let us make man. Genesis 1.26. Let us make man in our own image after our likeness. So this is your purpose. So you have to ask yourself, if I am bringing a child into this world, how is that child going to help me to fulfill this purpose? That's what you need to be asking yourself. Do I see a means by which bringing a child into this world is going to help me fulfill my goal in life, my purpose in life? Can a child really help with that? Yes. Reading from Adventist home, page 159, paragraph 1, it says, He who gave Eve to Adam as a helpmate ordained that men and women should be united in holy wedlock to rear families whose members crowned with honor should be recognized as members of the family above. End of quote. We've heard about Enoch also. The Bible tells us that Enoch walked with God after he gave birth to his son, Methuselah. There was an influence that giving birth to a child had upon Enoch and that influence helped Enoch to come closer to God. But it is only for those who recognize their responsibility that this child is God's property that that child can walk in your life and bring you closer to God. I'm saying having children can help you fulfill the purpose of life which is to bring back into yourself the likeness of God children can do that for us but only when we put it in perspective and understand it properly enoch the bible tells us walked with god after he gave birth to his child and we can also work with god because of having children reading from adventist home page 160 paragraph 5 we are told after the birth of his first son enoch reached a higher experience he was drawn into a closer relationship with god he realized more fully his own obligations and responsibility as a son of god and as he saw the child's love for its father its simple trust in his protection as he felt the deep yearning tenderness of his own heart for the for that firstborn son he learned a precious lesson of the wonderful love of god to men in the gift of his son and the confidence which the children of God may repose in their heavenly father. So, Enoch was able to see his own relationship with God in his son's relationship with himself, and it brought him nearer and nearer to God by seeing, as he wants his child to trust him, he now realizes this is how I'm supposed to be trusting God. I don't want my child to doubt my word. I shouldn't be doubting God's word. This, he's now, he was now understanding his own relationship with God through his child. And we, if we have this right mindset, it can help us to have children 
um, that when we have children, it can bring us closer to God. Continuing, Adventist homepage 159, paragraph 2 and 3, it says, Children are the heritage of the Lord, and we are answerable to Him for our management of His property. In love, faith, and prayer, let parents work for their households until with joy they can come to God, saying, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me. A childless house is a desolate place. The hearts of the inmates are in danger of becoming selfish, of cherishing a love for their own ease and consulting their own desires and conveniences. They gather sympathy to themselves but have little to bestow upon others. So here we see that children help to reduce selfishness in the heart. Also reading from Welfare Ministry, page 233, paragraph 2, we are told, You have not felt that it was required of you to be interested in others, to make their cases your own, and to manifest an unselfish interest for the very ones who stand most in need of help. You have not reached out to help the most needy, the most helpless. Had you children of your own to call into exercise, care, affection and love, you would not be so much shut up to yourselves and to your own interests. If those who have no children and whom God has made stewards of means would expand their hearts to care for children who need love, care and affection and assistance with this world's goods, they would be far happier than they are today. End of quote. So, one thing that can help us reduce selfishness in our lives is taking care of children. Now, don't make the mistake of thinking that taking care of children means that it must be your own children. No, it must not be your own children. It can be other people's children. So, you get that catch there. Now, another thing that having children will help us with is that it brings out other characters in us that we never had before. Reading from Adventist Home, page 160, paragraph 3 and 4. And, and the characters I'm referring to here are good characters. So I read now, it says, The sympathy, forbearance and love required in dealing with children would be a blessing in any household. They would soften and subdue set traits of character in those who need to be more cheerful and restful. The presence of a child in a home sweetens and refines. A child brought up in the fear of the Lord is a blessing. Care and affection for dependent children removes the roughness from our natures, makes us tender and sympathetic, and has an influence to develop the nobler elements of our character. End of quote. This is very potent, brothers and sisters. There are characters that come in us that we may not be able to develop except we have children. But then, doesn't mean you cannot develop them without having children. Elijah didn't have children, Elisha also, and there also was Paul, Barnabas, Jesus, John the Baptist, perfect men of God, Daniel, and his three brethren, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they didn't have children. So don't go into the other extreme of feeling like, oh, that means everybody must have children. If you don't have children, you cannot develop character. No, that's not what it's saying. But it's only telling us that there is a benefit in having children. And it is actually true. I've seen women. Some You go to schools and you see some teachers, young ladies who maybe they don't have children. They are married or they are not married. They don't seem to understand children very much. They are not sympathetic. They are not compassionate. But some people say they are wicked. But when they have children, they become more loving, more caring, not necessarily indulgent, but they become more understanding of the plight of children because they now have their own. But they didn't need to have their own. They can just look at other people's children and understand and become more caring. So it's not saying that it must be your own child. Taking care of children in general, whether it is yours or not, 
it will bring out characters that you didn't have before like we just saw now sympathy forbearance and those roughness in our nature it will go away when you are involved in the taking care of children but some people are so selfish that it must be their own children before they begin to understand if it's another person's child they will not understand but the other question we should be asking ourselves like in the case of hannah what if they are, you don't have children as there are many people today many women ladies today they don't have children it has increased as we come closer to the end you see that we are losing the ability we are getting degenerated and we're getting very weak as some people don't have the ability to have children even men don't have the ability to uh, impregnate what do we do in such situations where couples do not have children some people go into adoption but it's adoption for everyone those are things we need to consider let us consider it some people feel oh adopting even when you have children good idea but we need to have a good balance to these things one thing we need to have in our minds is we can out of our own selfishness want to adopt children and we should be careful about that that we do not do it out of selfish purposes reading from manuscript 35 1896 paragraph 15 we are told we need carefully to search our hearts and study our motives selfishness may prompt the desire to do what appears to be an unselfish and praiseworthy act the reason that many urge for desiring to adopt a child the longing for something on which to center their affection reveals the fact that their heart is not centered upon christ it is not absorbed in his work end of quote so be careful are you adopting children because of your own uh, desire to center your affection on something and that is the case for many i'm not saying all but many they just want something to play with something to dis- display their affection on but all around us in the world are many people we can display our affection on must it be a child and someone who is laughing at you smiling at you and happy with you and then you are also doing the same to the person must it be out of that selfishness to receive love that you want to also give love there's a lot in the world a lot of people we can give love to so how about having children in these last days reading from matthew 24 verse 19 and 20 jesus gave a warning which we shouldn't neglect he said in matthew 24 reading from verse 19 he said and woe unto them that are with child and them that give suck in those days woe is what jesus said the bible pronounces woe on so many kinds of people but for jesus to say woe to them that give suck there is a reason it is because in our own intelligence as we see ourselves coming closer to the end of time we need to pray to the lord and be humble enough to allow him to lead us so that we know whether it is a good idea to have children or not it is a choice of ours it is not for everybody who must just bring children into the world sometimes you realize that you may not even have the means to take care of them so there's no need bringing them in and other times we may be so busy that we don't have time for them at such cases there is no need bringing them into the world especially when we are busy doing the work of god reading from the general conference daily conference daily bulletin february 6 1893 paragraph 12 we are told there are men and women throughout the country who would have been accepted as laborers together with god if satan had not laid his snares to entangle their minds and hearts in courtship and marriage did the lord urge upon them to obtain the advantages of our schools and missions that they might sink everything in courtship and marriage binding themselves by a human band for a lifetime 
So what is wrong with marriage per se? The next statement I'm going to read is going to show you that the problem is not the marriage. Now listen, it says, By accepting the work of rearing children in these last days of uncertainty and peril, many place themselves in a position where they cannot labor either in the canvassing field or in any other branch of the course of God, and some lose all interest to do this. They are content with a common low level and assimilate to the position they have chosen. The bewitching power of Satan's deceptions wrought within the human heart its evil work. Instead of candidly considering the time in which we live and the work they might do in leading others to the truth, they reason from a selfish standpoint and follow the impulse of their own unconsecrated hearts. The flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. The natural appetites and passions becoming a controlling power and the result is that spiritual growth ceases, the soul is, as it were, paralyzed. End of quote. Uh, many of us may say, oh, this is too going to an extreme. But mm, we know, we've seen it happening around us. People who are involved in the work of God, very strong, man and woman, and suddenly they choose to get married to themselves and start to plan a family. Every work they were doing for the Lord, gone. Their own desire to grow spiritually, gone. They follow the world in everything that they are doing. The same round of, I want to rebuild a family. Not necessarily building a family for God, just focusing on themselves. That is what it's talking about here. This is not discouraging marriage that people shouldn't get married up. There are some families, we've read already that a family that the Lord ordained Adam and Eve to have families in the order of God. But this is a case where people who are already doing a work that they know that if they get intertwined in marriage and start having children, is going to stop them from doing the work of God. Such people are to be considerate and want and ask themselves whether it is necessary. I'll, I'll talk about that subsequently. But talking about families who do not have children, who are not involved like these I just mentioned now, heavily involved in missionary efforts, can they adopt children? Verily so. Welfare Ministry, page 232, paragraph 2 says, there are persons who have no little ones of their own who may do good by adopting children those who have not the sacred responsibility of proclaiming the word and laboring directly for the salvation of souls have duties in other lines of work if they are consecrated to god and are qualified to mold and fashion human minds the lord will bless them in caring for the children of others end of quote so if you look at the context there and the condition it says these are people who are not having the heavy responsibility sacred responsibility of proclaiming the work of god as like missionaries traveling from place to place who clearly with common sense do not have the luxury of staying in one place to bring up children if they are in that category of people who are not traveling from place to place who are not who have having that sacred heavy responsibility as evangelists they are doing a great work in bringing children and in taking care of children and adopting them but then is that the same for god's laborers no 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 reading now in the same place i was reading earlier from manuscript 35 1896 we are told but i dare not counsel our ministers and missionaries who are continually moving from place to place to encumber themselves by adopting children especially helpless infants those who have children of their own must share the responsibility of training them to do service for god it is the wife's duty to care for her children and her husband the lord will give her strength to do this work if she will put her trust in him and obey the laws of life and health 
and husband and wife are to unite in the work of bringing up their children in the love and fear of God. A well-ordered, well-disciplined family will have a powerful influence for good. But if you have no children of your own, listen now, listen, it may be that the Lord has a wise purpose in withholding them from you, this, in withholding from you this blessing. It should not be taken as evidence that it is your duty to adopt a child. In some cases, this might be advisable. If the Lord bids you take an infant to bring up, then the duty is too plain to be misunderstood. But as a rule, take note now, as a rule, this is a general rule, it would not be wise for, not everyone now, but for a minister's wife to encumber herself with such a responsibility. So I want us to get it clearly because I don't want anybody going saying, as they said, we shouldn't adopt children. No, the clause is someone who is traveling from place to place with his wife. You wouldn't have that time. And that is a great work they are doing. Nobody should now say, oh, I don't want to travel from place to place because I want to have children. No. People like Elijah, Elisha, John the Baptist, Jesus, Paul, Barnabas, for the sake of this message of the Lord, did great works for God, but they couldn't raise children because of that. Does it mean they couldn't marry? There are some who could marry, but by their own choice or circumstances, they didn't have children like we are reading now. Some people, ministers' wives, they don't have children. Does that mean they should adopt? Remember, it is possible that the Lord has withheld the children from you so that you can do a work for Him. Continuing the reading, it says, The work of God demands most earnest labor, and the Lord would have ministers and their wives closely united in this work. The husband and wife can so blend in labor that the wife shall be the complement of the husband. The Lord desires them unitedly to watch for this voice, to draw closer and still closer unto him, feeding upon his word and receiving light and blessing to impart to others. They should be as free as possible to attend camp meetings and other general gatherings, and the wife may continually be a great help to her husband in visiting and other personal labor. If the companion of a minister is united with her husband in the work of saving souls, it is the highest work she can do. But the care of a little child would absorb her attention so that she could not attend meetings and labor successfully in visiting and personal efforts. Even if she accompanies her husband, the child is too often the burden of thought and conversation, and the visit is made of no effect. Those whom God has called to be co-laborers with him are to have no idols to absorb an affection that he would have directed in other lines. The wives of many of the Lord's servants have united heartily with their husbands in the work of saving souls through her unselfish interest to advance the cause of God. The wife has made her husband's work more complete, but with some it is a hard lesson to learn, to bring their will into harmony with the will of God. End of quote. So what have we learned so far? What we have learned is that children are a property of God. They are brothers and sisters in the Lord that God has committed to our care to bring up for heaven. We have also learned that if we do not do this, there are parents who wouldn't make it to the kingdom of God because they didn't bring up their children in the way of God. And we will look at Eli's case very soon. That there are many allies today. Thirdly, we have learned that having children in the home can help us in our character building, which is the purpose of life in general. And it can help us to bring out certain characters that we never had. It can help us to smoothen the roughness of our character. So there is good purpose for having children. But then when one has no children, 
they have to remember that it may be that the Lord doesn't want them to have one, especially when there are people involved heavily in doing the sacred work of God, traveling from place to place, giving messages of the Lord. They already have a heavy responsibility and common sense tells us that they don't have, they don't have time to give to the bringing up of children. But if they say they want to have children, then, then that can be very selfish of them. When you know very well, like Paul, like Barnabas, that you are heavily involved in doing the work that when you have an infant to take care of, you will now become less useful for the Lord. The Bible says it in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Paul talking there said that when you are free, that you have the the, the responsibility of the Lord on your hands, like you can do a lot for the Lord when you are not uh, when you are not involved in taking care of children. Because when he talked about having that marriage, he was referring to that. But when you are living like one who is married, your effectiveness for God will reduce when you have children, not when the man and the woman do not have children. If the man and woman do not have children. In fact, you can even do more work for God, married without children. But it is left for us to make our choice for ourselves because even adopting children is okay. Very good for those who are not having the heavy responsibility of an evangelist and a missionary. But for those who are missionaries and evangelists, having children may not be the best idea for you because you reduce your effectiveness for God. That's just common sense like I've been saying. So it brings us to a position now where we now realize that even the Lord himself said, Woe to those that give suck in those days. That means it is left for us to choose for ourselves. Many today, even of the world, do not have children because they realize the heavy responsibility. Some today just want to have children. Do you realize the responsibility? We have to understand that there is a responsibility and you need to be ready for it before you bring children into the world. Like Hannah, she was ready for it and she gave her child unto the Lord. And we also are to have such mindset today to train our children for the sake of God if we must have them but if we do not have them then it may be the Lord doesn't want you to or you can adopt if you don't have a heavy responsibility for caring for souls that is what the Lord is telling us today but then there's still the other situation that even if you're not caring for souls Jesus said woe to them that give suck in those days and they are with those who are with child so we must properly evaluate do we have the time do we have the opportunity to really give the child the attention they need? If we do, then go on. But if you don't, and also if you look at the time in which we live and you see that it's going to be difficult for you, then in wisdom, then you can defer having them. We have to have a balanced mindset on these matters. There are some who would want to hold on to just one part of the scriptures because the Lord said to man, be fruitful and multiply. And that's all they want to hold on to. And some even go to another extreme of saying that anybody who intentionally gets into marriage and does not have children is sinning against God because they are not being fruitful. Now you are resting the scriptures. You are darkening counsel without knowledge. It is still the same Bible that said be fruitful and multiply that gave the warning through Jesus that said woe unto those that give suck in those days. And it's still Jesus who instituted marriage that still said that some people can be eunuchs. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7 still talks about people remaining single. So we have to allow all the scripture to speak and not allowing just one part of the scripture to have influence on us and neglect the other part of the scripture. And also, we need to have common sense also and allow common sense to prevail. We are talking about having children in these last days and we have read that by taking the work of rearing children, some people will lose their 
eternal destiny and the salvation that the lord has prepared for them it is not for everyone even if you have the ability not that oh i've tried to have children and it didn't work out no even if you can have children there's nothing wrong in you deciding because you can see for whatever reason you say to yourself i am busy i won't have time for them there's nothing wrong in saying i cannot enter into the work of rearing children now or for the sake of the work of god you say no i wouldn't have children or you can even evaluate yourself and say I do not have the ability or the skills in or, or what it takes to bring up the children. There's nothing wrong in being on humbling yourself and saying, for that purpose, I'll defer it for now. And maybe later on, I can consider it. But there's nothing wrong in completely one saying, this work of rearing children, even though I can do it and I have the ability, I don't want to engage in it. For, for reasons best known to me, I don't want to engage in it, especially for the work of God. There's no sin in people doing that i pray that god will give us insight into these things and help us to properly understand these responsibilities we are going to look subsequently in other devotions on taking care of children and other things that need to be done in it we have also looked at it in previous devotions when we looked at aaron and his um, misplaced love and as we go on we will look at these things carefully that the lord will help us that if we do have children or planning to have them we should know what we ought to do so that we won't be among those whom the Lord will say, Stop, you cannot enter in because you did not train your children according to the way of the Lord. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, please, I pray these words that have been spoken shall settle into the minds of your children properly, that we shall not rest it off and go off on a tangent in explaining these things, that we may have a balance in our minds. Lord, especially do I pray for those who are parents now, that have children already who perhaps are already in the wrong direction and ignorantly they didn't know that they didn't have this responsibility on their minds please lord i pray that you give them the grace to do all that they can to bring their children into the way of the lord understanding that it is a heritage of the lord and i pray lord for the would-be parents give them the ability the gifts that they may be able to bring up children for the lord thank you lord for hearing our national prayers in jesus name i've prayed amen